We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 so I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world. Our toll-free number is one 528 8255. My guest this hour, as he is every Thursday evening, is, or Thursday morning, I guess, it depends where you are in the world, Thursday evening in some parts of the of the United States, and other parts it's tomorrow. God, these timelines drive me nuts at times. Uh, is Cal Korf. Cal joins us from Prague, Czechoslovakia. Hey, Cal, how are you tonight? I'm fine, Rob. Uh, good to be back. So, what's new, Cal? Uh, well, uh, tonight, uh, uh, depending on what time zone you're in, I guess, uh, it was 34 years ago uh, today that uh, I started down this UFO road, so to speak. And uh, it's just a reminder that time flies. It uh, doesn't feel like 34 years, but uh, on the other hand, some memories uh, seem like quite a bit longer, I guess. What changes have you seen in ufology since you started your quest to uh, find the answer well, I think the biggest thing is that the uh, core fundamental um, wellsprings of what I saw as a budding science uh, mm-hmm. as a young boy starting this, and this was in October 19th of 1973, and this was during the um, UFO wave of 1973. What happened real briefly was when I was in sixth grade, we were required to bring in newspaper articles about uh, what was going on in the world, mm-hmm. and my family didn't subscribe to a newspaper. And so one day, literally, every every kid in our class brought in only UFO articles, and I'd never even heard of the phenomenon before. And, uh, of course, for the next few weeks, they dominated the headlines, and there were just sightings by thousands of people. And the one case that really um, got me at the time, which I think is symptomatic of, of what is going on in the field today, and it's ultimately the answer to your question, was the famous Greenhaw case uh, of October 17, 1973, where a police officer named Jeff Greenhaw took four Polaroid photographs of what were supposed to be a creature standing in the middle of the road, and you can see the lights are reflecting from the flash off the suit and so on. And he claims that this thing ran away from him and escaped and ran faster than any human being he'd ever seen. So when a police officer does that, you it's either real or it's not. Uh, it can't be something in between. It can't be misinterpreted swamp gas or anything like that. And so uh, when I saw that case as a child, I realized that, okay, the ultimate truth to the UFO issue is binary. And no matter what that truth is, we have nothing but uh, to gain from that truth, meaning let's say there's nothing to UFOs at all. Let's mm-hmm. say that we're just delusional. We need to know that because we've got nuclear weapons. On the other hand, if we're being visited, we need to know that too. So what I see that has been lost today versus when I was growing up at that time, even when the Von Daniken phenomenon was hitting, I, I see the core science and the scientific principles that are lost. People mix the term flying saucer and UFO casually as if they're automatically the same thing. I see basic core principles of science being lost. I see uneven standards of evidence. And that's why I'm glad that a lot of this stuff is finally being exposed and that we're going to try to force people back to the the beginning and the basics, and I think there are a handful of researchers that are doing that. I think the uh, MJ-12 expose by Greenwood and so on is a good example of that. All right, and let's talk about that when we come back from this commercial break. Cal Korf's our guest, www.calcorf.com. 
one 877 is toll-free if you'd like to give us a call and speak to Cal, ask him any questions you'd like. He's not afraid to answer. However, there are people who write these letters, one after the other, who, when invited to come on this show to talk to Cal 101, they cower. They run the other way, probably running to get their mommy, saying, Cal Corp will actually talk to me, and I just can't write all these nasty things about him because... I have to tell them face to face. What a bunch of cowards. I'll be back on the other side with Cal Corf as we continue right here on Talkstar. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be Of all the love I have won or have lost There is one love I should never have crossed She was a girl in a million, my friend I should have known she would win in the end I'm a loser this song is dedicated to all the people who write me these emails about Calcorf, and when I invite them onto this show, they cower. They're real losers. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 Hey, Cal, welcome back. And, you know, I, know I, I, I see the emails that these people send you. And, uh, no, don't they have anything better to do with their time? You know, I don't know. It, it's, it's rather interesting because, uh, as I think I mentioned before, we were really worried that we weren't going to have enough material for five years like we hoped to mm-hmm. do these projects. But now we have so much material, and this is before we really air the first stuff, that uh, they're just writing their own scripts. So I, I just I, I like the idea that we're taking their claims, whatever they are, and we're turning them into products that consumers can get in all kinds of different forms, and then people can decide whatever they want because at least they'll have their claims plus our evidence showing whatever is or isn't true. Um, I put up just for the show, Rob, on calcorf.com a bunch of images um, that uh, go back many, many years, uh, back 34 years. Uh, on the website, I put actual copies of newspaper clippings from high school. You see Stanton Friedman and I mm-hmm. there. And uh, you see also the first uh, clippings uh, when I was a teenager at age 13 doing the lectures after meeting him. And that's at calcorf.com. At calcorf.com. It's on the front page. And um, there's also clippings from the uh, Kennedy assassination research that started in Kennedy High School when I went there. Uh, That took 16 years. And then as it scrolls down there, there's also the uh, expose that was done in the Phoenix New Times concerning the Phoenix Lights that can be found on the Internet. It's a reporter that wrote it. Uh, uh, it's his article. But the cover of the uh, magazine is there so people can see that. Mm-hmm. And then just below that is actually a newspaper article from Lawrence Silvermore Lab. And there was a uh, UFO researcher earlier this week who wrote a, a notice and said, well, just because it's in the newspaper doesn't mean it's automatically true. Well, it depends on the clipping. Uh, in this particular newspaper article, it was written only because I had been hired at the lab. In other words, I didn't call up the reporter and say, hey, I want to promote something. They called me because they heard about it, 
and that's why they put in the title about UFO buff focuses on attention on the computer network mm -hmm. at the lab. And then, um, so this particular clipping is uh, actually smoking gun evidence that the event happened, but yet the claim that it's not proof of anything is a good example of what I call euphology. And then to the right of this is the actual poster from Lawrence Livermore Lab from, uh, that was tied in with human resources about the party that they threw for me when I was leaving. And I had to laugh at that because the woman who made the, the poster, uh, she had a great sense of humor. Uh, her name was Sonny. And uh, she put Batman on there and Spock and uh, it looks like a robot and Leonardo da Vinci. And she had something that said, who knows what's on the mind at Calcorp, but let's throw a party anyway. <laughs> and uh, she had pegged me with these four little icons because I was known at the lab for being into Star Trek, for uh, being uh, into all these things, mm -hmm. from writing to uh, doing research to uh, trying to fight for causes, so to speak. And uh, I certainly viewed uh, what was going on in SDI and what we were doing at the lab as a cause, as was even working on computers to try to work at Apple and uh, help bring graphical user interfaces to people and uh, get away from these command line uh, programs and these green screens that everyone was hooked on at the time because back then in the late 1980s. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying, thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying, thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. The mouse was still a new thing. It was pretty much exclusively to Apple at that time. And then the other clippings down here are just from... Major appearances like MSNBC, uh, that was an all-day event on the Pathfinder landing. I was honored to appear. I was a lieutenant at the time. I was honored to appear with Captain uh, Joe, Jim McAndrew, of, uh, who did the Air Force reinvestigation of Roswell. Uh, that blew open Mogul or helped establish it. And then I was on with Colonel Joe Kittinger that day, who still holds the world's record for the highest uh, parachute jump. These are real heroes. And uh, I was one of four people chosen to be on that show all day as Pathfinder was landing and to talk about Roswell. We were broadcasting from Roswell. And then uh, down below that's a rather interesting image because it has direct bearing on Major Kevin Randall. It's actually a still from a debate we had years ago on NBC TV where I caught Major Randall being less than, shall we say, I call it honest on Roswell. I actually had to stop him when he made the claim that he had tape recordings of Major Edwin Easley talking about bodies and aliens, and I knew that wasn't true. And if I didn't stop Randall at that point, and this is all on the tape, and this is actually a still from that moment, he would have gotten away with the claim that he had tape recordings. And the fact is there are no tape recordings of Easley saying that because Easley never said that. So if I hadn't jumped down Randall's throat, Ben Rood interrupted him at that time during our one and only debate, which he's never talked about, uh, and this is that moment there you can see, um, he would have gotten away with that claim. And you can't accidentally say you've got tape recordings when you never made them. Right. I'm sorry. 
I, I don't know of a, of, a, of a mistake that somebody can make that way, but that's up for Randall to explain. Then we got the uh, stills from Discovery Channel from the Area 51 special and the Phoenix Light special showing their military operations. And then down below are books I've been involved in that people just don't know that I had kind of a secret involvement in everything from supplying material to uh, helping do editing and research. It's been dozens of books. I've actually helped get books published like Greg Long's book on Bigfoot because I think works like that need a good publisher and Prometheus fit that bill. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free. Cal Korf is our special guest, and uh, Cal, uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about the MJ twelve documents and yeah. how they've been exposed. Yes, uh, there's a very good research paper done by Barry Greenwood and Brad Sparks. Uh, I've known Brad Sparks mm-hmm. uh, for many many years. He's uh, the closest UFO researcher to me, actually, as far as the way we think and uh, friendship wise, age wise. Uh, it's a joint paper by both of them. And if you look at the, uh, the images that I put up on my website going back to high school where you see Friedman and I, people forget, especially my critics, that I'm actually one of the senior Roswell researchers out there, meaning I essentially grew up with Friedman and more. I was there when the Roswell stuff was going down. I was privy to stuff that people have just forgotten about and certainly weren't there. And these were Mm -hmm. people who jumped into the investigation years later, like Kevin Randall, after Roswell was already well known. And so I absolutely know that uh, MJ-12 is fake. And as I wrote and showed in my own Roswell expose book, when I got my clearance at Lawrence Livermore Lab, I guarantee you, and I admit there's nothing wrong with it, one of the first things I did was to go check the records of what was going on in New Mexico for anything that might account for Roswell and some other cases that I had interest in at the time. And when I got to look in the so-called UFO box, for lack of a better term, projects that were going on which uh, still have not fully been declassified that do explain incidents that were going on at that time, I was uh, a little disappointed that there really wasn't much there. And when I finally interviewed, including Dr. Menzel's widow, which is in the book, uh, it was very clear that uh, there was no group like an MJ-12. It wasn't called MJ-12, and Menzel certainly wasn't part of it. And I got to see his files because I had the access to, uh, uh, I had the level, the clearance level to access them, and I actually had them tied into a project where we were indexing classified records, uh, bringing in hyper uh, text technologies where you could click on a hotspot on the screen. This was before the internet days and then the data would, would zoom in and, and uh, you would jump to that spot. And I used Menzel's records uh, to demonstrate the concept. It was a great way to merge stuff and uh, allow me to kill two birds with one stone, and that's why I was able to write about it years later. So this expose is great because if the original MJ-12 documents are frauds, which mm-hmm. they are, it, the later ones cannot be real either. And those, of course, were exposed in a, yet a different study uh, done by a scientist a couple months earlier and they're both independent works of independent sets of documents, but the version is unanimous. They are frauds. Now, Cal, uh, he, uh, one of our listeners would like me to ask you a question here. Her name is uh, Samantha, and she's listening to us in Oakland, California. And she says, Cal, why do you think America is going back to the moon? Well, I think we're doing it because, to be honest with you, <laughs> For the same reason we we did it before, and and I think it's embarrassing as human beings to admit this, we're doing it because we've got competition again. Uh, One of the things I admired about Star Trek is that you just went out there and and learned everything you could learn. didn't matter. But, uh, boy,
boy, was I disillusioned as a boy growing up, learning that the only reason we tend to explore space is military reasons and because we don't want the Russians to beat us at anything. I understand the reason for that, but it's just a shame that that's our main motive. So the reason we're going back is because of the announcements like yesterday and today. China has announced, for example, that they're going to establish now the Communist Party in space. They want at least three people in an office up there attending the Communist Party functions at all times, permanently in space. Russia's announced they're going back up there. Japan's going to go up there. Europe's trying to hit you right somewhere. So the moon race is back on for commercial reasons and ego reasons. Unfortunately, it's not uh, there for uniting humanity reasons, and, and that's unfortunate. All right, let me see. I've got some uh, emails coming in here. Da, 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 da. Oh, here. Cal, what do you think about Russia's stance when it comes to the nuclear work that Iran is doing? Well, I admire Russia for going ahead and uh, taking the position that uh, they're going to try to control the actual custody of the fuel rods. It, it scares me, though, the idea that uh, Iran, which does sponsor terrorist groups, would sit there and maybe later do what North Korea did, and that is right under Russian uh, noses, say, well, forget you, we're taking the stuff anyway, and turn it into uh, a nuclear weapon. We have to remember that they don't need a missile to deliver it, they just need to smuggle it into Israel and, and blow it up. And the leadership of Iran has always made very clear that uh, to destroy Israel is essentially a one-bomb or event. Uh, they specifically said one decent-sized bomb in the middle of Tel Aviv, that's it. And they're, and they're basically right. Um, I think Russia is trying to do the right thing in principle, but I think at the end of the day, because these guys sponsor terrorism, they cannot be trusted, they cannot be held to the standards of what we call decent uh, Western civilization or uh, trustworthiness mm -hmm. that isn't there. As long as it isn't there and they have no decent human rights record, we are deluding ourselves if we think they can be trusted. So we are courting disaster. They're going to cheat. They're going to try to get the bomb, and we're going to have to stop them militarily. That's the conclusion in the book that I'm sending off to Prometheus very shortly on terrorism. We are going to war, folks. It already has started. It, it's, each side is, is picking at each other already. Each side is jockeying for position. We are heading for war because this is, again, ultimately about our principles. We're at a crossroads where mm -hmm. we have to say, look, either what Iran stands for is right or it's wrong, and we need to stop Cal, stand by. We've got to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Bigfoot. It's the 40th anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film. We'll also be joined by Henry May here on the X-Zone as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. Just a reminder that next Wednesday is Premier Psychic Night here on the Exxon Radio Show. For the last two hours of the show, we'll have two of the psychics from Premier Psychics. Ellen West will be with us with a guest psychic from Premier Psychics. And uh, as you know, Exxon Nation, 
having some idea of what is going on in your future, whether it be your career or love life, for example, can be very important. If you are having any doubts or fears about love, career, money, family, whatever the case may be, call Premier Psychics at one 803 6593 That's one 803 6593 Or visit them at www.premierpsychics.com. The psychics at Premier Psychics will give you a glimpse into your future. So look to Premier Psychics and see. Our guest is uh, Cal Korf as he joins me each and every uh, Thursday night at this time. And Cal, I've got a message for you here from one of our uh, listeners. And uh, just let me get it here. And it says, I have so much respect for Mr. Korf as he has the courage of his convictions and the blood, sweat, and tears necessary to build a cohesive stance of many important issues we are all dealing with today. Mr. Korf, congratulations on being an authentic, intelligent, and articulate human being. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's very nice to whoever sent that. Thank you very much. Cal, it's the 40th anniversary of Dum 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 Bigfoot. Yes. Being filmed at Bluff Creek. Dum 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 Dum. Yes, wonderful name for a wonderful event. Uh, by the way, yeah. I just realized when I heard the Bigfoot song that that doesn't that sound just like Hieronymus if he were to sing that song? Doesn't his voice sound a bit like Hieronymus? Yeah, it does come to think of it. I think so too. I'm going to ask. Bob, hopefully he's going to do our interview shortly with uh, Rick Neal, who's mm-hmm. the brother of Roy Neal. Um, hopefully he'll sing uh, some of that and we'll, we'll compare. And then we'll see if there's another conspiracy brewing out there between Bob Hieronymus and whoever did that. Do song. you mean Stomping Tom Connors may actually be Bob Hieronymus? Well, maybe there's a DNA connection. Oh, you never I know. But all those Bigfoot experts with all those DNA collections they have and have them do those high-tech comparisons. Speaking yeah. about uh, DNA connections and Bigfoot, joining us now is Henry May from the American Bigfoot Society. Hey, Henry. Hello, Rob. Hello, Cal. How are you all? Hi. We're doing fine. Uh, so how have you, within the American Bigfoot Society, been celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Bigfoot film at Bluff Creek? We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, we've... Um we're actually doing a show uh, Saturday night, uh, the Sasquatch Experience, which will be celebrating the 40th year, 40th anniversary, and uh, we're going to have uh, M.K. Davis on um, to discuss some of his work on the film and mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, that, that's just basically what we're doing, uh, and maybe watching the film or something like that. So do you, got, you guys still think that this is a real Bigfoot? Well, okay, um... Yeah, some of us do, anyway. Why? <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, in 40 years, um, no Hollywood special effects uh, person or makeup artist has come up with anything uh, to even compare to it. Well, wait a sec here, Cal. How do you feel about that? Well, 
since we're the only people who managed to put him in a suit by a guy who made the original suit, uh, I would disagree with that. But, you know, Rob, I have some really good news, and hopefully this is a very, very loud message, hint, hint, to all those critics out there, especially in the UFO field. Uh, the reason Henry's on here tonight is we want to honor this event because we have to admit that whether it's real or not, Roger Patterson pulled a humdinger. I mean, oh, he sure did. One for the history books. <laughs> he was a bit of a con artist. Oh, absolutely. And that's something that Greg Long really did establish a pattern of uh, in his book, at least I think so. And I was surprised because uh, I knew nothing about Patterson's background, really. I only had information from Kvyat in relation to the case, but not Patterson uh, as a larger figure. That uh -huh. information came from Greg Long. But uh, real quickly, um, I'm pleased to announce that I'm working with Henry and one other researcher uh, to call together the, all the issues, all the so-called questions which are outstanding from the believers, from all the uh, people, including individuals like John Green. We're putting all this stuff into one bucket, so to speak. We're going to sit Bob Hieronymus down, and he's going to do his uh, country best to answer them. And then whatever the answer is, we're going to let the chips fall where they may and then call it a day, basically. That, that's all we can really do. Uh, it, uh, but the fact is, nobody's running from anybody. So the claims like the UFO field makes that, oh, we're afraid to, con to uh, uh, confront the truth or whatever, just are not true. And I think the fact that uh, Henry and I have come full circle in our relationship, and I think this is the beginning now of some neat cooperation, uh, I think the UFO field should learn from this, especially uh, when I get these hostile emails from younger UFO or people who are into the UFO field that are basically recent entries. They have no idea of the, of the real background and history here and how it, it has been pretty solid in the past, and that's what we need to go back to, just like uh, the Patterson film itself. There are some basics that you can go back to that all sides need to look at, and they either agree to disagree or they must agree that uh, something is not right there. Henry, mm -hmm. what, do you have, what do you have to say about that? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it's a very exciting thing, you know, and, and, and as I've said before, and, and, I've, I've, and I will repeat this for the upteenth time, you know, I, I'm convinced the film is real by 75%, but if it can be proven conclusively to be a hoax, you know, uh, you know, it won't bother me all that much because um, I've had two encounters, you know, and... and, and I know that they're out there. You know, we're, we're separate from this. You know, separate from this piece of film, mm -hmm. it, there is a mystery to be solved there. I agree. I agree. There is a mystery to be solved. But I, I, you know, I still can't believe that people actually look at the Roger Patterson film and say, "Wow, there's Bigfoot." That just boggles my imagination. Well, some people they listen to Bob Hieronymus and his seemingly contradictory stories. They say, "Well, I can't believe he could have been the guy in the suit." So, where does it, where does Bob Hieronymus contradict himself? Well, let's see. He originally said that um, the film was in, or that, that, that the suit was in three pieces, um, and then uh, Philip Morris contradicted that and said it was six pieces. Um, and then uh, Hieronymus said. Uh, on uh, KETU2 out of Portland, Oregon, that the suit was was designed by um, uh, the late John Chambers, which that, that you know, not Philip Morris, you know. So um, um, I, I, I can answer those. It's probably just, just a sec, gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. You can only, one can only talk at a time. Cal, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear. 
Um, I, that's why I, I, I went too long and before the last break. I, I couldn't hear. Okay. Um, the, um, those are two of the, those are two valid questions. L- let's give them their credit. And, uh, it's a credit to the Bigfoot community that they pointed these out. Mm-hmm. I myself didn't realize that the, uh, costume descriptions given from the different interviews that are in Greg Long's book from the tape transcripts would be interpreted the way they were, which is unfortunate. All Bob was talking about, we, and we filmed this and straightened this out years ago. We've just never broadcast it yet. The main suit had three parts, but Roger Patterson did alter it because they did get together. Patty Patterson was there as well. She saw it uh, to work on the suit, and that's where this horsehide thing came up because Hieronymus says he was told later by several people that Roger had explained some of the modifications that had been done. He never asked uh, Patterson about it because he really didn't care. For him, it was just an issue about money. So what we're going to do again is take all of these issues, including the two that uh, Henry raised, mm-hmm. and uh, go through it all. And whatever the answers are, they are. If if I find, for example, that Hieronymus has lied, and I've never seen any evidence that he has, to be honest with you, I think he's one of the most honest people I've ever met on the planet, uh, I would be the first to, to expose him and admit I'm wrong. But until that happens, we want to move forward. The important thing here is everyone's working together to try to find the common ground. UFO field... <laughs> has yet to learn that lesson. And yet, out of the other side of their mouth, they complain that, you know, people are busy attacking each other. Well, they need to start looking in the mirror first and work backwards from that. So I'm honored to work with Henry on it. I want him to take the, be- the best shot, so to speak. We're obligated to take ours back the other direction. And I think out of that will come the ultimate truth. And that is really what this is about, right or wrong. We care that we find the truth. All right, we've got Henry on the phone. Uh, we've got uh, Bill on the phone uh, with us. Good old Bill. Good old Bill. Hey, Billy. How you doing, Rob? Uh, we're we're just Hello, doing Bill. great. So, um, basically, I think that the Patterson film is real and stuff, and it's an American Canadian icon legend. And wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! I've never heard the Patterson film called a Canadian icon. Come on! Canadian, you icon. know it is. It you know, is not. A world icon. I mean. Oh, bull pepper. Yeah, Rob. I gotta tell you, it. You know, it's. Oh it's come on! All over the world. Oh no. come on! It belongs on Saturday morning cartoons, for goodness' sake. Yeah, it's. I tell you, Rob. You know, there's a lot backing about it this time. It's just you know mentioned all. There's over a the lot internet. of people who don't have anything better to do with their time than to watch that stupid film and take it for granted and actually believe it. My good heavens! No wonder the aliens don't land because that's proof there's no intelligent life on this planet. <laughs> Come on! But uh, it's just. It's a lot of stuff coming out about it, Rob. How can anything come out of that film after 40 years that hasn't come out already? <laughs> I don't know, but... Huh? Good point, by the way. All you've got are a bunch of people who don't know the first thing about anthropology, who are saying that they've learned all this crap on the Internet, and bang, come on! If Bigfoot is out there, how come there has not been any concrete evidence or proof that it does exist to this very point? Come on, guys. Let's give your head a shake. Well, the reason why this, Rob, <laughs> is because, see, these creatures know how to hide their bodies. When they, I mean, when they die, I mean, like any other wildlife, they basically probably hunker down somewhere in the forest. Hey, listen. Or yeah. other wildlife might eat them, but 
unless we see this on tape or something, or someone witnesses this, it's hearsay, in a sense. So how can you believe in hearsay, then? But that's what it is. All right, so Bigfoot no. is hearsay. Yes, no, you know. see one, Rob. You know, it goes both ways on that, Rob. You oh. know? And that's when the argument comes. You know, and like Cal, like I'm not trying to be mean to you here, but like you said you're going to have a press conference and all this stuff about this stuff. And when you have that, I know you don't want to hear this, it's going to cause a huge explosion in the community of Bigfoot and all this other stuff. Listen, I, I think I think the biggest amount of Prozac being used today is by Bigfoot researchers. Come on, guys. You're way out on a limb. It's not way out on you, a limb. Listen, I've seen... I mean, he's putting you on the spot in Exxon. I know it's my opinion and all that, and it's not yours, but it's it's going to blow into your face, and I don't want this. I'm not trying to be mean to either both of you. I'm just trying to be honest here. I just don't want to see the Bigfoot community going down on you, Rob. Hey, listen. I'd like them to call you up one night and talk to you for a couple hours about stuff. Listen, listen. I, I've got to be honest with you, Bill. They cannot talk to me and prove that Bigfoot exists because they have no proof. That Bigfoot exists. It's just like people hunting for Dino the dinosaur on the Flintstones. <laughs> but see, Rob, what you gotta do is you gotta place like a ad in your local paper, you know, like a letter to the editor or something, and tell people, either from the U.S. or Canada, Bill, the to media, tell you about Bigfoot sightings, Bill, Sasquatch sightings, Bill, Bill. This is the year two thousand seven. All right. Nobody has any proof that Bigfoot exists. Bigfoot, to 99.9% of the world, is a bunch of bunk. It's a bunch of bunk. Nobody's interested in it except a very small percentage of the public. So, you can put a billboard up on every major highway and I would be surprised if you received three calls. Believe me, Rob, I get a lot of people pick on me about Bigfoot all the time, and I just deal with it. I just say, you know, whatever they want to believe, they believe. I used to flip out about it, and that's people say, oh, Billy Bigfoot's in the woods, you know, I mean, whatever, you know. I just say, okay, whatever. That's their opinion. They want to joke about it, they joke about it. But I'm, I'm serious. I seen one two years ago. I, I was satisfied you know, and I continue my research. I keep up on all the radio shows, whatever about it, you know. And I enjoy listening to X Zone and all this other stuff. When it's talked about, you know, it's just nice. But, Bill, how, you know, like, be, to be honest with you guys, how many more ways can we hash over this Bigfoot stuff? Like, it is getting so old. There's well, nothing, there's right nothing, there's nothing new coming out, and if it does come out, it's probably going to be a bunch of bunk that was created by a bunch of good old boys on the back of a truck in the middle of the bush after a couple of bottles of Jack Daniels. Well, like uh, I say, Rob, it's going to be basically, you know, like every year something new does come up. Sometimes it's false, but sometimes it could actually be something. You know, and when the something, the real something comes up, that's the something like it's, it's about a primate that might look like a Sasquatch, like the Bali apes out in mm-hmm. Africa, you know, that's one thing that comes close, 
you know, and that's what. So what you're saying now? So what you're saying now? Bigfoot may actually be an ape, and not this mythical folklore legend that people spend their weekends in the bush hunting around because they've got nothing better to do with their lives except hang out in the bush in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the spring, in the middle of the autumn, looking for this eight-foot hairy ape that doesn't exist. I've got to take a commercial break. I'll be back on the other side as we continue right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network's The X-Zone. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. Boy, does the time ever go fast when you're having fun. Larry Panchuk, John Stanley, T. Casey Brennan, wherever you are, whether it's on this planet or another, T. Casey, and Cal Korf and Henry May and uh, Billy. Nice talking to you, Bill. On tomorrow night's show, we are, we've got uh, Diane uh, Salerny. The one and only Kenny Kingston and Mike and Sylvie. They're going to be with us tomorrow night. And um, Cal, got to thank you for joining us tonight, pal. Uh, didn't, you didn't get to say very much uh, in this last part about Bigfoot. But you know what, Cal? The part I can't understand is they base their lives on this little movie clip. Yeah, I, I don't understand that only because... Um Let's say it was true. You, you can only go so far with the piece of film, period. Yeah. Uh, for example, let's say you analyze a UFO film that someone took somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's say you find no evidence at all that it's faked. It doesn't prove it was from Zeta Reticuli. It can't, because that's not science. It's not in the nature of the evidence. So I would rather take an approach that uh, I hope that Henry and I are advocating, which is to take the issues try to find common ground, move forward. That's it. And regarding the Bigfoot thing, there's two ways to look at it. One is post-Patterson, pre-Patterson, and, uh, or Patterson and everything else. And Patterson, I think, is closed, will be resolved one way or another for both sides. Mm-hmm. The other is separate of that, and as soon as they meet the standards required by science, then it's time to talk. Until that standard is met, the burden is on them, not the other way around. Uh, they have it backwards when they think that science owes them something. It's the other way around, and the UFO field needs to learn that lesson. They're not young Galileos running around waiting to make the next Nobel discovery. No, they have to meet the standards of science, then they're worthy of that attention. Quickly, Cal, your comments on the terrorist attack in Pakistan this evening. Uh, Unfortunately, it was predictable. Pakistan is... (laughs) not going away. It's going to get worse. Musharraf's hold on uh, events over there is very shaky. And Al-Qaeda has formally declared war on Musharraf, has tried to kill him before. 
So it's going to get worse before it gets better, and in, as long as we keep avoiding the issue, which is to go in there and clean up the areas that need to be cleaned up, it's only going to get worse. And unfortunately, there's nuclear weapons in that area of the world. Al-Qaeda is trying to get them. Let's not fool anybody. Cal, I'll speak to you next Thursday night. Take care of yourself, and always great talking to you, buddy. Thank you very much, Rob. Good night. Cal Korf, www.calcorf.com. And just a reminder that um, Premier Psychics are available for readings 24 hours a day. If you'd like to know about your love life, if there's a question about your life that is bothering you, that you need clarification, give Premier Psychics a call at 1-866-803-6593. That's 1-866-803-6593. Or go online and visit them at www.premierpsychics.com. Maybe we should get the psychics at Premier Psychics to look for Bigfoot. Why don't we also get the little green men to do that, too? Hmm, maybe we can get John Lithgow to come down and use his famous Bigfoot call. Hey, Superman and Master Control, thanks, buddy, for keeping us up on those three big birds in the sky galaxy for our Telstar 7 and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network streaming audio and now on Aglia 2. To my senior producer and beautiful wife, Laura Rogers, thank you, honey. And to you, the members of the Exxon Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Until then, take care of each other, and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. Closing.